Yes, exactly. That's what I always say. It's like, God, you get me. Well, you're an easy guy to get. I can't go home. He's probably waiting for me. Mm. I mean, he's going to be my boss. He's the younger brother. How old is he? 42. Same. My, my younger brother is 42 also. <laughs> Same. I mean, 32. 32. 32. 32. Same. Same. Same? I was going to say, I was thinking the same. That's so weird. You 32, 32 yeah, and then he said 32. 32. That's same. so insane. Crazy. <laughs> Do you want, you want a glass of wine? I love wine. Red wine? I love red same. wine. Same. <laughs> it's like too same. That's insane. Is the bad place. Welcome to Welcome to Storybrook. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are out of hell. Finally! And I actually really liked this episode. Yeah, same. With one exception. Actually, with a couple big exceptions, but generally this is a pretty good episode. This is episode 21 of season 5, Last Rites. Or the last chapter of the not-so-good place. Is this the last chapter? Well, we're, we have a kind of postscript season thing, like the time travel thing back in season three. Right. The next two episodes don't really take place in this arc, but they're not really their own arc. So I think they're still going to be chapter eight. Yeah. But we're not there yet. Let's talk about Last Rites. As a reminder, everyone was in hell to save Hook from being in hell because of that way he died at the end of the last story arc. I'm sorry, the way he died? You mean the way where he sacrificed himself because of the shitty thing he did where he opened up hell and tried to kill all of Emma's friends and family? Yes, he sacrificed himself to stop that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Hook died and went to hell and the Storybrooke crew went to get him out of hell but failed. Yes, but everybody else did finally get out of hell, including Hades and his ex-lover, Zelina, who I guess is good now? Yes, Zelina is now good, and she's trying to redeem Hades by having sex with him until he stops being evil. Fine. Girlfriend, I've tried it. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, everyone has everything they want. I mean, Hades thought that he trapped the Storybrook crew in hell. For literally no reason. Well, Emma doesn't have what she wants. She doesn't have Hook. But other than that, yeah, everyone has what they want, including Hades, who should just... Chillax? Yeah, he should just enjoy it right now, but maybe he'll find a way to sabotage it. Let's find out. We do have 43 minutes to go. Oh yeah, he's definitely going to sabotage this. Also, Belle put herself under the sleeping curse to protect her baby from Hades. Oh yeah, also Belle's pregnant. Right. And Rumpel can't bring her out with True Love's kiss, so her father's going to have to do it. So, Hades and Zelina went through the portal to Storybrooke, and they are on... It's not the Troll Bridge, is it? Toll Bridge. Sorry. No, it's the Troll Bridge. Except, I, no, I don't know if it's the Troll Bridge. I think it is. I think it is the Troll Bridge. It's a bridge in Storybrooke. But yes, Zelina, Hades, and Zelina and Robin's baby are on the bridge contemplating what they just went through. And Zelina is worried about bringing Hades back into town because, you know. He says, Snow White still thinks I'm a villain. You should run ahead and tell her that I'm not. Snow White doesn't know that Zelina was redeemed either. Yeah, she left before that happened. 
It's really weird. You know how we talk about the Jesse effect where the show will kill someone off and then just ignore it? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call this, but this is where the show just decided a character wasn't evil anymore without any, without earning it. And now we're all just going with it. The Anya effect? Anya I mean, fucking earned it. No, Anya's awesome, but she went straight from killing people to dating Xander. There wasn't like an inter between. I'm sorry, do you not think that was punishment enough? God, I love Emma Caulfield so much. Let's watch Timer tonight. Okay. I love that movie. Well, actually, we're watching Zombie High tonight. I mean, I've been calling it Zombie High, but it's actually just called Zombie. No. Yeah, it's not descriptive enough. It is not. I guess they probably do that to stop their stuff from being uh, illegally downloaded. I hadn't thought about that. Huh, I wonder if that is why. Hmm. In Once Upon a Time, Zelina hands off the baby to Hades and walks away, and as soon as she's gone, a shackled, bearded man comes running out of the woods. Uh, Somewhere David's very disappointed. Somewhere David's like, something amazing is happening somewhere, but I don't know what. No, this is the opposite of what he wants. He wants bearded men in forests. Fair point. Fair point. In woods. It's... It's Arthur, by the way. I forgot that arthur showed back up yeah he escaped like a whole bunch of episodes ago so i guess he's just been running around the woods kind of chained up for a few weeks i guess anyway he runs into hades and he's like i was a great king who was supposed to rule a broken kingdom and everything went to shit and hades is like oh that's funny same yeah i was ruling a kingdom kind of sucked uh, I'm I'm Hades, by the way. I'm I'm Hades, the god of death. And Arthur's like, oh, I I might be out of my league in this situation right now. He still thinks everyone's stuck in Storybrooke, and he's like, I need you to deliver a message. And King Arthur's like, what message? Telekinetic net snap. It's not really a message, though. Also, that doesn't for no re- like why why even if they were still in hell, how does that help? It does not. Meanwhile, in the Charming Loft, Snow is berating Merida, who I guess is the sheriff now. I guess. Acting sheriff for letting Arthur escape. Because she left Sleepy in charge of the cell. Hey, Merida doesn't profile. I want to know how Arthur got out of the cell. The guard fell asleep, therefore he escaped. Duh. Mary Margaret is like, this is so hard. I wish David was here. And then David shows up, and she immediately slams the baby on the ground and starts hardcore making out with david it's not super far from what happens it's not entirely inaccurate and mary Margaret's like henry emma emma where's hook where's hook emma 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 where's hook isn't hook here didn't you save hook emma's like hey shut up but they also deliver the news to mary margaret that zelina and hades and robin's baby came through the portal as well and they think that Zelina's working with Hades. I don't think we talked about this last week, but everyone kind of assumed that Zelina was working with Hades. So Robin and Regina are confronting her. Okay, that's a fair assumption. She was working with Arthur last season when Hades locked them into hell for no reason because they had all already given their blessing to him boning Zelina. They assumed that Zelina was in on it. Yeah, I mean, fair And, spoiler alert, she will continue working for the Big Bads for at least the next story arc or so. I mean, I hate to say this because I love her, but she really is the Emma Frost, isn't she? 
I meant Emma Frost I love, not Selena. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> Regina and Robin pretty quickly believe Selena and tell her that her boyfriend is bad news. And she's like, you never believed in me. You don't think redemption stories are possible. If you mess with the fire, you're going to get burned. And you mess with the bull, you get the horns. And then she bamps away. But first she tells them that her boyfriend is not a man. He's a god. You mess with the god of the underworld, you're going to get pitchforked. Yeah, and then Hades pops up to be like, I'm not actually the devil. I'm Hades. It's a whole separate thing. He doesn't. I don't think Robin so much believed Selena as he's just sort of following Regina at this point. I mean, what else is he going to do? True. We go from that to the diner in hell, Anya's, the blind witches. Arthur opens the door and we see the restaurant from his point of view. And seeing a big establishing shot of the restaurant like this, and I know you've pointed out before how the waitresses all wear ruby outfits for some reason. Yeah, it's especially weird here because Granny's not running the diner. These girls, these waitresses are wearing high, high heels tiny leather booty shorts and tight red tops granny's restaurant is a restaurant yeah granny's is a restaurant granny's is basically like hooters or what's that other one that is weird the german one or the the scottish one right? yeah the kilt one i i'm sorry this is not my area of expertise restaurants although i hear that they're all starting to shut down because everyone realized they're terrible and stupid yeah, I mean, you can get good wings to go somewhere else and then go home and eat it in front of porn if that's your jam. Yeah, is the Blind Witch making them dress like that or what? I couldn't tell you. Arthur comes into the diner and he is very confused. For a guy who is super dead, he really does not understand that he is super dead. He was like the main big bad of the last plot and now he's just kind of some guy. <laughs> Like, that was a really unceremonious death for someone who was the main villain of a season. Right? Now, I also need to point out that at the diner, there are bowls along the bar, like where you would have peanuts if it was a bar that served alcohol, just filled with dried peppers. Hmm. I mean, it's not a terrible idea, I guess. I don't understand. I don't understand what the theme of this restaurant is. Arthur tries to get, he's like, tries to get information from a small child sitting at the diner bar and Anya's like yeah he's been here for like a thousand years and he hasn't said anything how would you know Anya she's been here like 30 years max well when she took over the restaurant from someone who ascended they let her know there's gonna be a sad kid eating cereal and not talking to anyone Arthur's confusion is relieved by Hook who was sitting in the corner and Hook's like you're dead get over it just go through all those stages of grief. We've got stuff to do. Yep. Arthur reveals that he was killed by Hades, which has Hook worried because Hook is worried about Emma up in Overbrook with Hades running around, which, you know what, Hook, calm down. She's fine. She's so much more competent than you are. She'll be fine. Yeah. And Hook's like, wait a second. Hades always hid his secrets, which... I mean, I guess he hid the fact that he was interested in Zelina that one time. That is what he hid. You'll remember that way, way back at the beginning of this season, he had Liam rip those pages out of the Once Upon a Time storybook 
to hide because he didn't want people to know what his weakness was, and then we saw it, and it turned out his weakness was Zelina. But now Hook is convinced there's going to be something on those pages that will help him. There's so, a smaller, deeper weakness inside those pages. Yes. So he entices Arthur to help him by being like, let's go on a quest, which is how you trick children. Who wants to go to an adventure to the dentist? But yes, he's like, hey, Arthur, you sucked super hard when you were alive, but maybe if you help me on this quest, you'll suck less and they'll let you go to heaven. I mean, it's worked for people who were way worse than you, so. Yeah, maybe you'll get enough good place points and get to go to the good place. Mm. You think Griff moved on immediately? Yes. I mean, he legit thought he died for his country. Griff? Yeah, Griff thought he died protecting Camelot. Griff was not holding on to anything. He died what he felt was a noble death. Poor, poor Griff. Although I did enjoy seeing him on uh, iZombie. Yes. What is it with this show in iZombie? It does have sort of a weird relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like funneling actors in. Yeah. Also, he got to do a lot more stuff in iZombie. Yes, he did. Although he was an asshole in iZombie. Back on the troll bridge, Emma, David, and Merida, so I guess all of the previous and current sheriffs, have found Arthur's dead body. And Merida's like, huh, I thought I'd feel, you know, good when he died because he was responsible for my dad dying, but eh. What, you know. That whole plot summarized. She doesn't say it, but I think really she's upset she didn't get to do it herself. They do realize that Hades did this and they have to go after him. And then David tries to stop Emma from doing it because she's going to go off all half-cocked. And she's like, no, David, I am fully cocked. He's like, no, you need you need to have Regina reverse the brain sucking. And then you need to hold, get that orb of Thessala. And then you need to hit him with Olaf's troll hammer. Emma's like, we have one episode left. We need to get the Emma bot out. Emma's like, this isn't Buffy season five. We haven't established any of those items. Hey, funny story. Mm. In Regina's office, Zelina and Hades have like taken up residence and set up a protection barrier so people can't get in. Why would you do that at Regina's office? I mean, I know it's because it's the set they had, but it seems like a really weird place to go. Do you not think she has a special connection to this place that will make it easier for her to take down the magic you put up? Also, yeah. Yes. Also, whatever. It's fine. Hades wants to defend himself, so in addition to the protection spell, he decides to establish... The MacGuffin that has not been established until this episode. Yeah, there are a lot of shades of the last episode of Buffy season five here. Much in the same way, there were a lot of shadows of the last episode of Buffy season two at the end of the King Arthur plot. Yes, but again, they didn't do anything to set it up. Hades just literally pulls what he calls the Olympic crystal out of his jacket. And it's, it's essentially Zeus's lightning bolt. Yes. He has these lightning bolt looking crystals. This that... giant broken double headed dildo. Yes. It does look like a double headed dildo, but that's been broken in half. So I guess two regular dildos. <laughs> He's going to fuse these two regular dildos together and make a super dildo. Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> Hello. All of our parents who, wa- who listen to this show. So this lightning, these lightning bolt plasticky things 
apparently have the power to go full Alaria and destroy a person, body, and soul. Sure. Fine. It's like the soul water, I guess. Sure. But Fine. It's a special thing, but it, that can do the soul water thing to anyone, although we didn't think anyone was immune to the soul water thing, so... It's a new MacGuffin that can do the same thing we've seen other stuff in this show do before. Well, this is a MacGuffin that exists in Storybook. The soul water is still down in hell. Hmm. I think Rumpel would have grabbed a... Uh... You know, I bet he has some. Hmm. So Regina points out that although Selina has put a protection spell around the office... She built a secret tunnel because of course she did. So she and Robin are going to break into her office through the secret tunnel while Emma and David try to figure out how to defeat Hades. What's fun about this is that it is kind of an echo of the mission where Regina and Robin became close the first time around. It's true, it is. It is a nice bit of uh, book ending. I-, I like that Regina does actually try to apologize to Robin, even though she does it really clumsily, but, you know. She acknowledges, like... So Maybe it wasn't the best thing in the world for me to try to tell you that the woman who killed your wife and raped you was a good person now. Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry, like, I'm trying to build this new relationship with my sister. I'm trying to redeem her, but I wasn't thinking about how this would affect you. And he's like, you know what? We don't need to deal with this right now. All we need to do is rescue my daughter. He's going to say my daughter like 7,000 times this episode. The show does not want you to forget that that's his daughter. But... They do want you to forget how it is that she was conceived. Hmm. If you did not watch the previous season, you might think that he had simply been in a relationship with Zelina. The show does not establish how fucked up this was. Honestly, I don't think they even really acknowledged that Zelina killed Marion. If you didn't watch last season, you really wouldn't know why Robin is so hard on Zelina. Yeah, and they're really not mentioning any of it. I mean, I know this is the sort of thing we have to do. Regina killed so many people, but... Well, I'm just saying, if you only watched this season, it seems like it's just a custody dispute, and there's no reason given for why Robin is so hard on Zelina. If you're only watching this season, which, I mean, I'm sorry if you are, you jumped in at the worst possible time, but if you are only watching this season, you're really on Zelina's side, I think. Yeah, I can see that. I get it, they can't do it because they're trying to redeem Zelina, so they don't want to remind the audience, but it is sort of odd how all of the characters, even Robin, talk around the things that she did. So... At the best named flower shop ever. I'm sorry, do you mean Game of Thorns? I do. At Game of Thorns, Rumpel is confronting Maurice. He's like, hey, I've got your daughter in this little box here. She's under a sleeping curse. I need you to give her true love's kiss, which, as we know from this show, can be paternal. Actually, I don't think we've seen it be paternal. We've seen it be maternal, but... It's true. We know it can... But we know that, theoretically, it can be parent and child. It doesn't have to be romantic love. So... I'm going to pop her out of this box, you give her, you know, true love's kiss, wake her up, and then she can have my baby. And Maurice is not willing to do this. Maurice does not want her to wake up and then just be married to Rumpelstiltskin. And Rumpelstiltskin is shocked that Maurice would rather she stay in a sleeping curse in a box than that she be with Rumpel. And it's like, don't you remember back in season two when he tried to erase her brain rather than let her be with you? So, because of that incident, I hate to say that I'm on Maurice's side here. 
Go ahead. Because I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely on Rumpel's side, but so please, go ahead. Well, Maurice points out, he's like, I know you love my daughter, but you keep hurting her. And okay. I know you're going to keep her physically safe, but you can't hurt her when she's like this. She's, I'm okay with her being in stasis in a way that you can't hurt her. Okay, Belle is dating a bad toxic person. Like she's married. Mar- yeah. She's married to a bad toxic person. But honestly, she's not under a mind control spell. All you can do at that point, if it's your friend or family member, is tell them how you feel and be there to support them when they want to leave. You can't lock them in a box to keep them away from that toxic person. I and mean, he didn't lock her in the box. I mean, he's keeping her in the box, but it's just it is she is a grown-ass woman who is not under a mind control spell it is not okay for maurice to refuse to revive her i don't know i i feel i also feel like we're diving into um you know that thing where even if you have matching blood you don't have to give someone matching blood if they're in a car accident bodily autonomy yeah yeah i feel like we are kind of edging on that like um okay Humans have bodily autonomy. If a person needs a kidney and you have a perfectly good kidney because you can live with just one, you are not obligated to give them a kidney. But if you are a 100% match for your child and they need a kidney and you choose not to, the law should not step in and make you, but I will declare that you are a grade A asshole. In fact, even legally speaking, we have a heightened duty of care to our children Mm. than to strangers. Yeah, but this is sort of the opposite of that. He's keeping her out of danger by keeping her in this situation. He knows all of the big bads immediately go after Rumple. I am not on Maurice's side. I am, in fact, in this very rare instance, on Rumple's side when he reminds Maurice that back in season one, he kidnapped and tortured him, nearly beat him to death with his cane, and threatens to do it again. And then the best part of the episode happens. Oh my god, yes. Emma comes in and she's like, Hey Rumple, shut up. No one cares about your subplot. Shut up. Shut up right now. Come help me. Shut up. I mean, okay, people are going to think you're exaggerating. But literally, she just walks in and she says, Enough. Go. Get out. To Maurice. And then she just moves on with her own plot. Because she is not dealing with whatever it is that Rumpel and Maurice have going on between them. I love that she just cancels this subplot. Exactly. That is exactly what happens. So she fills Rumpel in on the fact that, you know, Hades is back above ground and he's a dick. And she's like, tell me how to kill him. And Rumpel's like, why would I tell you how to kill him? And Emma doesn't answer, but she should be like, because... He's gonna fuck- he spent a bunch of time fucking with you, and you always kill the big bad. It's true, he does. Although we are moving away from that for now. There is still a odd running theme throughout the show of the big bads only being killed by other big bads. Well, that's because the nature of good and evil on the show is so confused. So, we go from that to hell, where Hook has brought Arthur down into Hades' throne room slash torture chamber- and I don't know why he thought he needed Arthur's help with this. He did need Arthur's help. Okay, first of all, Arthur is kind of investigating and he finds a cat of nine tails on 
Hades' throne, which is hilarious. Also, you know that that's just Cruella's that she accidentally left behind. But Arthur tells him that a king, as Hades was, and as Arthur was, is going to hide something important to him, close to him. And since I am incredibly immature, when we were first watching this, I said, oh, you know, he stored it. Up his ass? Uh, I was going to say under his royal carriage, but... That's not what you said when we were watching this. Yes, but... It is true, though. Hades did store all of the important things to him under his ass. Yes, in a secret compartment in his throne, which Arthur knows because apparently all kings know about the secret hidden compartments in all thrones. Uh, It's like how Hook knows how all maps work because he's a pirate. Yeah, sure, let's go with it. They find the pages. They're in the throne. Oh, yeah. Uh, So they think that the secret to defeating Hades might be in the storybook henry left behind and also ways to help the people who are still in underbrook move on sure why didn't henry i i guess i get why didn't henry just stick the book on like a shelf in the library we see cruella take it in this episode oh okay so arthur finds the pages inside the throne and gives them to hook and he annoyingly calls them your holy grail boo And Hook realizes he needs to get these pages to Emma because they will tell her how to defeat Hades. Wait, Henry wrote these. I was thinking that. Why why don't they just have him use the pen and write them again? It's whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, I know he goes into a trance, but he also seems pretty aware of what he's written, so. Hook and Arthur go back to Granny's and and Anya, the blind witch, hears them come in and says, Oh, I smell a bromance. God, I love her. And also, that, you are no, you are not one to talk, Anya, considering that the last time we saw you, you were holding hands with Cruella and walking off into the sunset, which I can't believe we didn't mention last episode. It's true. It's true. After they locked the storybook crew in the clock tower, the two of them walked off hand in hand. Well, and they're still together. Cruella is in the diner and she's like, ooh, a hot new stubbly guy. Good to know. And they're like... Do you want to help us out? And she's like, no. The opposite of that? Like, are you unfamiliar with me? They do ask her where the storybook is because it's going to help them somehow. And she tells them it is out of reach, but in sight, you know, to taunt them. Yeah, they only found pages from it in Hades' throne. Apparently this was from when he originally had uh, Liam rip stuff out of the book, I guess. Yes. So the book itself, Corella threw into the River of Souls. She doesn't say that at this point, but yes, that is what happened. So they can see it, but not get it. In Storybook, the Storybook crew are in the library going through all the books, trying to find an answer for how to defeat Hades. But since they don't have Belle, they can't just magically synthesize all of the information like she can, and they are not getting anywhere. All right, so they're looking at... I, I just... I, I know this is... An ongoing thing, but are these Regina's books? Where did these magic books come from? Why are they in the library? If they're Regina's books, shouldn't they be in her vault? Well, this isn't even Regina's curse anymore, remember? So we are on Snow's iteration of the curse right now, which might be why the books are less helpful. (sighs) Emma shows up and she's like, y'all doing research on how to kill gods? And they're like, yep. And she's like, that's dumb. I'm just going to go throw white light at Hades until he dies. Basically. 
In the mayoral office where Hades and Zelina are holed up, Hades is trying to heal his broken dildo. Yes, apparently as soon as he fixes this magic lightning bolt, he can use it to destroy everyone and then they can roll Storybrooke together and Selena's like wait I thought we were just gonna like hang out and be married somewhere like we don't even need to stay in Storybrooke we can just go wherever we want also I thought the whole point of him being sad in hell was because it was broken but now he wants Storybrooke to be broken and you know what sometimes you just can't bang guys better which is sort of the subtext of everything that's going on in like, I I have to give Rebecca Mader credit. She's doing a lot of really good face acting here. She's clearly pretty disappointed at the direction this whole relationship has gone. Because he's like, I'm sorry, but it looks like we're going to have to kill a bunch of people. And she's like, it really doesn't seem like we do. Right? So the phone rings and Hades picks up so that Rumple can drop the title of our podcast. Yes, he welcomes Hades to Storybrooke, and Selena rolls her eyes in the background. She does. Then he says, you're a stranger in a strange land, because apparently he is also a Robert Heinlein fan. Mm. He's surrounded by enemies, and he might need Rumpel's help. Basically, Rumpel's giving him the same pitch he gives every big bad, which is, you need me because I somehow managed to be a big bad who didn't get redeemed, who keeps living in Storybrooke without the good guys trying to kill me. And Rumpel's like, look, I know you have those lightning bolts that can kill anyone extra dead. I know when stuff is going down here. You need my help or you are going to die. Rumpel knows a lot more about what's going on in Storybrooke than Hades ever knew about what was going on in Hell, by the way. Yeah. When he's like, uh, this is my kingdom, like Hell is your kingdom. No, you're way better at this sort of thing than him. Coma wife and all. Right? Because down in the sewers, Regina and Robin Hood are totally making up and about to burst in on you. Rumble doesn't tell him that. We just see that. We cut down to the secret tunnel. And he's pulling a full Cleo Fox here. He's like, I love you, Regina. You are my future. Also, look at a picture of my kids. And also, I'm going to retire after this. This is going to be my last mission. And then I'm going to retire with you and my children. I'm going to live a long, happy life with you together. What a great day it is for not dying. He also says that he's going to burst in there without a plan, which he never does, but he knows he can do it because the love of his children will carry the day or whatever. Oh yeah, he mentions his daughter like five times in this speech. This is why, I, I know you didn't give her a name for good reasons, but this is, te- this, this is why you give people names so you don't have to say my daughter over and over again. Maybe he's from one of those cultures where they think it's bad luck to give a child a name before their first year. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Everyone Robin Hood hangs out with has Hookworm because they all live in the woods. It's true. Down in hell, Hook is bringing Arthur across the river to where the book is presumably hidden. The River of Souls. And Arthur goes to touch one of the ghosts in the water. And Hook's like, oh, should have mentioned this before. Don't touch that or you'll die. Yeah, he... Like, Arthur is almost touching the water and Hook's like, oh, by the way, now that we're in the middle of this river, it's probably a good time to mention that touching the water will destroy your soul instantly. And Arthur's like, really couldn't have told me that before, huh? Yep. So this really reminds me, by the way, I know it's meant to be hell, but it really just looks like the mall at the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas. (laughs) 
Because the mall has, like, a river going through it that you take a gondola through. Hook asks Arthur to guard the boat while he fetches the book, which is on top of the Abandon Hope All Who Enter Here sign being held by a gargoyle. So did Corella just climb up there herself and put it there? Presumably. Like, I assume she legit just threw it in the water. I, I know we saw this episode before, but why wouldn't she just throw it in the water? Well, because then it would be irretrievable. There had to be a chance that you could retrieve it. So, while well, Arthur is guarding the boat, one of the souls in the River of Souls jumps out and tries to drag him to hell. And tries he... to drag Arthur to hell. Yes, to super hell. Yes. And Arthur's like, you didn't tell me they could jump out of the water. And we're here going, yeah, show. You didn't tell us those things could jump out of the water because they never have before. Seriously. Whatever. They go, like, all the way out of the water, by the way. All the way, all the way. Like, they grab the book. Yes. After Hook uses fire to save Arthur from one of them, one of them just flies right out of the water and grabs the book. And Arthur is like, toss me a torch because this is my redemption moment. And he hits the ghost in the face with the torch. And then the ghost drops the book and it goes sliding across the dock and almost falls into the water. But Hook manages to catch it at the last possible second. Yeah. Okay. So. That must be how Cruella got the book up there. Now that she's like queen of hell, they must obey her or something. Okay, so she just became queen of the... How did she become queen of hell? She became queen of hell the same way that Chloe became editor at People Magazine. She just walked into a room, fired the first two people that spoke, and drew a penis on the board. Yeah. Yeah, I I can see it. Don't Trust the Bean Apartment 23 is an amazing show, by the way. It is. We did a zine about it. You can buy it on our site. Yeah, for money. It's called Strumming My Lady Harp. Again, hello, parents. Okay, we published a thing called Strumming My Lady Harp. I think we're past that. (laughs) So, Hook flips through the book and really immediately, he just sort of sticks the page with the information about the Olympian laser crystal into the book and therefore it's going to appear in the actual book because it's in the soul book. Sure. You know what? It's like a Google Doc. You know, he edited he edited the Google Doc from his end, and now the book in Storybook will be edited on Emma's end. Okay, so after Emma had her big freak out about how research is stupid... We see her alone in the library researching. She opens the book to look at the badly photoshopped picture of that one time she went back in time and danced with Hook at a ball. It looks nothing like her! It is a it is a photograph of her that has been Photoshop filtered to the point where it no longer looks like her. I feel like it almost takes talent to be that bad at Photoshop. But she's all like, oh, Hook, he was my true love. I guess. Remember when I was pretending that I was Princess Leia? That was fun, right? Hook pulls a grandma ghost from Charmed. Like, she puts the book away to go back to research. But the book flips open to the right page. Sure, why not? We're we're nearly done with this plot. They need to wrap it up. Hook is Grandma Ghost from Charmed now. Yes, absolutely. So she sees the information about the Olympian death crystal, and she's like, neat. Yep, now she knows how to defeat Hades by stabbing him with his own crystal. 
Cut to Hades in the mayoral mansion, finally healing that fucking crystal. Wow. If only that had been established before. If only they had mentioned this crystal even once. I know last week you said that we must be almost done with what this show should be instead. But you know what would have been great? Since Hades is apparently so sad about his banishment to hell, and since he's so anxious that we understand that he is not the devil, and since he's so clearly not the awesome Hades from the Hercules movie, maybe a bulk of this season could have been, I don't know, his backstory? Yeah, again, like... We didn't get a single Hades backstory episode. We really don't know, I mean... We know he's mad at his brother for trapping him in hell and that he likes Selena. Like, there are there are Chris Claremont care like okay, so I I know you've read Chris Claremont's run on the X-Men. Not all of it. Not all of it, because it was like twenty years. But you know that thing he does where he introduces just random side characters for flavor and there's like half a page that's just talking about their lives before the i don't know before the brood shows up and kills them or whatever are you saying that harvey and janet had a better backstory than hades is that what you're saying yeah harvey and janet the two hellfire rando guards had a more involved and complex backstory than hades i mean it's amazing how little we know about this character i feel like we knew more about adam who I will admit is the weakest big bad in Buffy. I'll stand up for season four, but Adam is the weakest big bad. I will not stand up for season four. I agree with you. And yeah, you're right. We we did. We knew more about Adam. Also, I know you don't like season five, but I was rewatching it recently and I was like, okay, there, I think seasons five, I think season five's big issue is the overarching plot. Oh, I don't have a problem with, a lot of episodes in season five are great. Yeah, I just don't like Glory. I don't like a villain who's too powerful to defeat until the show decides she's not. See, the thing is, I like Glory too. It's just none of her stuff really holds together, if you think about it too much. Yeah, the Glory Ben thing is not totally coherent. Much like this episode, it sort of felt like the end of season five was scrabbling to connect a lot of dots. And that was why we got the scene where Dawn's like, oh, Ben, you're the one who's stopping Glory from just straight up killing everyone. But at least all the random shit they pulled together to defeat Glory had been established in previous episodes. I know I did it at the opening of this thing, but we had the Orb of Thessalo was established. The Buffy bot was established. Willow being able to reverse that sort of magic was established. The troll hammer was established, even though it wasn't really acknowledged that he was a god. Also, what kind of vengeance turns someone into a god? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, let's be clear. Maybe DeHoffrin shouldn't have offered Anya the job. He seemed to really like being a troll to the degree that eventually he apparently became the god of trolls. Right. You think that's like just a thing you can work up to in troll society? Yes, it's a position, like yeah. king. You know what it's not? It's not as dumb as this fucking lightning bolt. Which, by the way, isn't it just like a super condensed version of the whole we need to remerge Excalibur? And... That is exactly what it is. They're really trying to tie Hades symbolically to Arthur at the very last second, when again, that could have been a thing we were establishing all season long. So Regina and Robin are standing outside the office, and Regina's like, 
I'm I don't know how they don't get caught. Regina stage whispers, "We need a distraction." And then Emma outside starts blasting at the protection spell. And Robin's like, "Well, that's a gimme." I assumed they were working together. So Robin even says, "Who needs a plan if you've got blind luck on your side?" Yeah, let's talk in a few minutes about how lucky Robin is. So while Zelina and Hades run out to deal with Emma, Regina and Robin are able to go in and grab the baby. So Zelina's confrontation with Emma is kind of hilarious because Zelina's like, I don't want to kill you because I'm apparently good now, but Jesus Christ, give me like 10 seconds. And Emma's like, he's a shitty dude, Zelina. No amount of sex is going to make him not a shitty dude. Look at these pages from the book. He tried to trap us all in hell. Seriously, you should not be with this guy. And Zelina's just like, was this Regina's idea? Did my sister betray me yet again? No, really, this is the thing that annoys me about Zelina. Her whole idea that Regina's very existence is somehow a betrayal of her. Yeah, because Regina hasn't, like, betrayed you to this point. She's tried to stop you. That's not really a betrayal. So, Zelina is having this confrontation with Emma, but back in the office, Hades is squaring off with Regina and Robin. He's got the lightning bolt and he's going to kill Regina so that she stops trying to cock block him. Which is ridiculous because if that's what he really wanted, he should have just stopped messing with them two episodes ago and he would have been golden. In yeah. the green, as it were. Wow, that was dirty. No, right? It was so dirty. But, yeah, he's like... Yeah, see, I have, like, peripheral hearing and you two are being really loud, so I just got Zelina out of here so I could murder you two and then you'd stop trying to interfere with my relationship. And Hades Regi- cannot get out of his own way. Yeah, and Regina's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm gonna lightning bolt you to death now! And Robin's like, no! Yep, yep. Who needs, who needs a plan when you have blind luck? Robin Ugh. takes the lightning bolt for Regina. Okay, so was the whole Cleo thing foreshadowing this? Because he's like, I have two days before retirement. Look at this picture of my kids. No, I think it's just that it's a cliche and that they've used the same cliche in two back-to-back episodes. So the camera goes all slow-mo and Robin's corpse falls on the ground, but his soul is still standing there and his soul is just like him but blue. Yeah, he gets a ghost body like in Star Wars. And then he puffs into blue smoke up, but his soul was destroyed. Like, Yeah, it, he, he looks like he's ascended. You could watch this show and be like, oh, he let go of all of his baggage at the last moment and he went up to the good place. But no, I think what we're seeing is his soul being destroyed. I mean, that's what they said the lightning bolt does. It destroys you body and soul, although his body's still right there. I think maybe you could read it either way, depending on how pessimistic you are. So, Selena kind of walks in to see Regina holding Robin's corpse and Hades pointing the lightning bolt. And Hades is like, Zelina, she totally tried to kill me. And Zelina believes it. Zelina's like, Zelina's like, I just caught Emma downstairs with these pages about how to destroy Hades. Why do you hate us so much? The thing She's is, still cradling her dead boyfriend, Selena. Jesus Christ. So Hades is like, we have no choice. We have to kill them. We have to kill everyone in this town. And Selena's like, really? It, it seems like we have lots of choices. Like, oh my God. 
oh my god, this is what I was doing, isn't it? <laughs> this is that thing where I'm just unnecessarily killing people when I could just be upfront with my intentions. Oh my god, I'm an asshole. So I sort of find this as a redemption point for Zelina. This is definitely a redemption point, especially since she pushes Hades back and he drops the lightning bolt. She grabs it and... And he's like, kill her, kill your sister. And Regina's like, Zelina... How about no? Don't kill me? Like, don't kill me. I want you to be happy. Like, calm down. It's this big speech about how love is super important or whatever, and there's always a road to redemption, except for Hades, because he's a huge dick. She points out, like, Hades keeps on saying that he's doing stuff for you, but it's all stuff you were already doing on your own and better. And all stuff that he wanted. Hades hasn't been willing to give anything up for you. And he's like, kill her, kill her, kill her, kill her. Like, Regina's up, Regina's like using logic and appealing to emotions. And Hades is just like, kill her, banana, banana, banana. You know, the scene where uh, the professor and Fry are trying to get Gunter to choose whether or not he wants to be an intelligent ape or a happy dumb ape. Right, right. And the professor's talking about how he'll be able to appreciate the smaller things in life. And Fry's like, banana, banana, banana. That's this scene. (laughs) Got it. So Zelina stabs, so Zelina decides to stab Hades, which is the right move, and I think you're right. Zelina's redemption. Yeah. Especially because Zelina, <laughs> she does it as a fake it. She's like, I've had enough of you, Hades. Side stab. Yeah, it's true. It's it's a great fake out. And you know what? She did kill the god of death. Although, <laughs> he turns into a pile of dust. Robin stole a body. <laughs> Yeah, like, they're inconsistent with what the lightning bolt does, even within the same scene. So, I think, I guess you could read it as Robin's soul going to heaven, because... Because he didn't dissolve the way Hades dissolved? Yeah. So, the two of them start crying and hugging on the floor next to their dead boyfriends. Yeah, basically. Dead boyfriends all the way down. Everyone has a dead boyfriend. You've got a dead boyfriend, you've got a dead boyfriend, you've got a dead boyfriend. Down in hell, Arthur is... Talking to Emma's dead boyfriend. Yes, and he is thanking him for, you know, helping him go on a righteous quest. He's like, wait a second. I guess the theme of this episode is people discovering that they were dicks and that they really easily could have not been dicks. Because I just realized, you know, if I had, instead of wasting all of my time trying to fix a magical sword, if I had just established a government everything would have been better in Camelot. So, you know what? I'm going to fix hell. I'm going to establish a government in hell. Yeah, fuck Cruella, I guess. Damn it, Arthur. You can't even do the right thing without fucking over a woman. I might be... my God. I might be misremembering this, but I think they actually follow up on this in the Once Upon a Time comics, which we have not read, where Arthur does indeed manage to fix hell. Okay, I would be interested in reading that. Also, a white light opens up, and I guess it's time for Hook to ascend to the good place because now he has let go of his baggage by helping Emma defeat Hades. Or so we are led to believe. Mm -hmm. But just like in Dead Like Me, which we were discussing last week, last week, Hook's like, hey, you know, you could probably like piggyback onto my epiphany here. Like if you come with me into the light, you probably get to go to the good place too. And Arthur's like, no, you, you heard me. I need to fix hell. He'd rather rule in hell. He said that it was his, he was prophesied to fix a broken kingdom. And now he realizes that hell is the broken kingdom. 
sure, why not? Yeah. That's in line with how prophecies work. Okay. So, remember this that scene at the end of the seventh Harry Potter book, or alternatively, the end of the eighth Harry Potter movie? That's what I was thinking about. This is totally the King's Cross Station scene. Except instead of King's Cross Station, it's just a line of columns that are meant to be Olympus, I guess. Yeah. So, apparently the Greek religion's the one true faith. Yeah, Zeus is there, although I gotta tell you, this guy's looking more like Apollo than Zeus to me, because he is a young boy. Yeah, he's a young, clean-shaven man who's like... Yeah, I said young boy. He's like in his 20s. He's like, yo, bro, like, thanks for killing Hades. Total douche. That was like a killer move, guy. And if you want, I can help you go where you need to be, bro. I can do it for you, bro. I'm I'm Zeus, apparently. Then we... Is Zeus Matthew McConaughey in no. your story? No, Zeus... You're doing a real Matthew McConaughey voice right now. I'm Dave. Are you Dave from Happy Endings? I'm Alex's impression of Dave. Okay. Remember at the end of that one episode where they all switch bodies? I gotta got do... Hold on, I gotta do this. You know, I love the muses, man. I stay the same age, and they stay the same age, because I'm a Greek god. And so are they. <laughs> So, back on Earth... At Killian's grave. Yeah, it's... Emma leaves some rum on his grave because that's what you do. Okay, so everyone's having a funeral today. I guess they're doing a package deal. Okay, no, it's just weird because it's it's a different time because Emma is wearing a different outfit. But they cut immediately from Emma alone at Killian's grave to everyone at Robin's funeral. But Emma's wearing a different outfit, so it's a different time, but it does make it look like Emma is alone mourning Killian while everyone else is over at Robin's grave. Also, as always, Regina's funeral wear is on point. Oh yeah, Regina can dress for a funeral. So everyone in town is wrapping roses around arrows and putting them on his casket. Kind of cool. Yeah, it's visually neat. We see Little John bring the cutest child actor ever, Roland, up to put an arrow on the grave. But we only see him, like, out of focus. So I think they couldn't get the same actor back. So they just put a big guy in a fake beard. Yeah, I can see that. It, it is very conspicuous how you don't see little John's face. You could have just used a different guy. I don't Could have been any... a different merry man. Yeah. So there is kind of a neat moment with Henry and Emma and Regina where Henry leaves the arrow on the casket. You can tell Henry's kind of struggling with this. This is really the first time we've seen him deal with losing someone after embracing his omnipotence. Oh, it's true. This is the first time someone's died and he could have changed fate but didn't. Also, Zelina has the baby now, and I guess we're all just gonna stop talking about how that baby came into being. Yeah, and Regina points out what a huge bummer it is Robin died without naming the baby, and Zelina's like, oh, I named the baby. Baby's named Robin. Yep. I mean... Okay. Alright, fine. Whatever. I think we... we... We've definitely mentioned the baby's name is Robin on this podcast before. We bleeped it out sometimes and we didn't sometimes, so you may or may not have already known this. Hopefully, even if they're not watchers of the show, they guessed because come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, are there any babies who aren't named after recently dead people on this show? Roland. 
Roland's a child. He's not a baby. Um, no. No. So Mary Margaret goes over to Emma and she's like, Hey Emma, how you feeling about the whole dead boyfriend thing? And Emma's like, can you stop bringing up my dead boyfriend and just like let me be alone for five minutes? And Mary Margaret pulls her in for a hug and she's like, okay, dead boyfriend. And then leaves her alone. But if you say dead boyfriend three times, Hook appears. Yeah, Hook just whooshes into existence (laughs) behind Emma. Because apparently Zeus wasn't helping him move on. He was just sending him back to Earth. I do love how it's kind of just like Zeus dropped him. (laughs) Because you see him foomp down. I was thinking about how... They spent all season trying unsuccessfully to get him out of hell, and then Zeus is like, whatever, season's over. Boop. Look, one of your dead boyfriends came back from the dead. The wrong (laughs) one came back! Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of their relationship, but I honestly would have preferred to have more Robin in this show. Oh, no, I want Neil back. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, I'd prefer Neil. I was talking out of the three dead boyfriends we had in this episode. Oh, did any of them need to come back? Point. So, we didn't mention it here, but this is uh, Regina's Regina of Doom. Striking. It is. We don't talk about Regina's Regina of Doom that much. But yes, Regina's taken another victim. Yeah, I mean... What's her record here so far? Okay, it's hers isn't as bad, right? It's just Robin and Daniel. Yeah, has I guess she hasn't really had any other love. Oh, Graham. I mean, I know Graham. That doesn't count for so many reasons. Because he got Jesse'd and because she was the one who killed him. Yes. Yes. So I kind of love this because Rumple walk we cut from that to Rumple. We cut from, you know, oh look. Hook's not dead anymore. To Rumple walking to Regina's office, leaning down over the pile of Hades ashes, which I guess no one swept slash vacuumed up. Which, by the way, again, makes me think of the first episode of Red Dwarf, where he's wandering around looking at all of the piles of dust that are the crew. Wow. Dark. But he's like, hmm, guess you should have listened to me at the beginning of the episode, huh? And then he takes a piece of the Olympian crystal because I guess it got jammed into Hades's heart and just stayed there in the pile of dust? Uh, well, it, it ended the Hades season, so it served its purpose. Yes, that is the end of that episode. And honestly, it's a pretty strong episode, despite our myriad of complaints. Well, this is what Once Upon a Time does to us, right? Start strong, drags in the middle until we're like, why are we even watching this show? And strong so that we come back next year. Although, this season wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. Same. Same here. Although, we really liked the next season at the beginning, so now I'm nervous about that. This is weird, though, because we need we should be clear. We're talking about this being a season finale. It's not. We have two more episodes this season. It's just that those aren't going to be about hell. Those are going to be about the Land of Lost Tales, which is such a cool idea. Again, it's like the time travel plot at the end of season three, or it's like uh, season four of Buffy where they defeated Adam and then they had the Restless episode. That's such a good episode. God, Restless is such a great episode. So I think it's appropriate that we finish up this episode by talking about Buffy. And that is the end of this episode. Um, Yeah, so... I think I already 
talked about my what this show should be instead, which is that this season should have given us some sort of backstory for Hades so that we understood his stupid motivations. Yeah, I mean, honestly, any changes I would have made to this episode were basically just taking things from this episode and seeding them in earlier. Absolutely. And Hades is by far the weak point of this season. Honestly, there are so many good ideas and there's so much cool stuff that's there. It's just Hades is this albatross around it. And it's weird because, again, I know I've said this so many times, but I like the actor. He's fine. He's fine. Did you have any Fashion Corner stuff other than Regina's spot-on black outfit with her cute little black hat? I had one thing. I I did love her funeral outfit. Okay, so why is Merida still wearing that one dress at the funeral? I noticed that. And not only is she wearing that dress, but there's a black cape over it. Like, she's trying to hide the fact that she only has one outfit, whereas everyone else has multiple outfits. Like, I mean... It's a thing in the show where the new princesses don't get to wear anything other than their movie outfits but you know it's coming up right i don't know to what you are referring aladdin and jasmine aladdin and jasmine are coming up oh i love their story even though we get like barely any of it the audience won't hear it for several weeks now but very soon since we're doing multiple recordings a day we are going to be recording street rats so i guess that does it for us this week yeah Our show is partially listener-supported. If you would like to be one of those supporters, you can go to our website, www.ilovetelevisionzines.com, and click on our Patreon link. We would like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash I Love Television Zines. You can also contact us on Twitter at I Love TV Zines or through email at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybrook. I don't want you, but I hate to lose you. You got me in between the devil and the deep blue sea I forgive you Cause I can't forget you You got me in between the devil and the deep blue sea